Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Today's guest on the Scaling Your Business podcast is Daniel Nugent, the co-founder of Amber Eyewear and founder of LensBuilds.com. Daniel, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you, Ian. Dan, I'm delighted to have you on the show. As usual with guests, I like to go back to the very first chapter. You went to school, BlackRock, UCD, uh, Digital Marketing Institute, but let's go back a little further. You grew up in Dublin. What was your favorite memory of growing up in Dublin? Uh, <laughs> Jesus, straight off the bat. Uh, the ooh, favorite memory of growing up in Dublin. Uh, God, I was probably I was probably happiest back in the uh, skateboarding craze days of the... Uh, of the late 90s early early 2000s i was mad into skateboarding and then just the whole thing about you know di- i disappear at nine o'clock in the morning i wouldn't come back until seven o'clock at night spend the whole day skateboarding with my mates i think they were the they were the best days around here um have you got a favorite skateboarder uh, a favorite skateboarder uh, i think it was i i played uh, played a lot of tony hawks pro skater as well i think it was rodney mullen i think he was everybody's cult favorite back then you know your man he didn't like do any like fancy athletic yeah. tricks it was just all these little uh, mad technical stuff um i actually got it my my girlfriend sasha actually bought me a skateboard for christmas so i'm uh i'm, I'm reliving the glory days but it's, it's a bit harder on the knees when you're when you're in your 30s you fall a lot are your uh, tricks still as good as back in the day um not as good, but you'd be like you'd be surprised. The twenty years on, like it's kind of like riding a bike. Like, like I could still still do pull out an odd kickflip. Um, nice. But uh, nice. yeah, favorite favorite memories of of growing up, probably those days. Just the pure um, abandonment of just being like outside all the time, um, which you don't probably see as much these days. You know. Yeah, they were good times. I certainly got up to a lot of mischief myself when I was younger. Sticking with your childhood days, who were you most influenced by as a as a kid? I suppose I was really sports mad. Like I wasn't, I didn't, I, you know, at that age when you're a kid, you're probably not very, uh, you're not really into, into business. You know, it's not really something yeah. that you pay attention to. But uh, yes, well, sports for me, like I was mad into mad into football and still am. Like, you know, people like, like Roy Keane and Alex Ferguson and David Beckham. Like all these icons from the '90s and the early 2000s were very influential on me, I suppose. Especially maybe like Alex Ferguson as well. Even as I get older, just um, you know that that uh, personality that that he would have had would have been something I've admired growing up. You know, so like really into sports. If you were out on the on the pitch wherever you lived growing up and you scored a goal, who did you pretend you were celebrating as? David Beckham. David Beckham, nice. Yes, yeah. um, I was I, I was obsessed with David Beckham when I was. Uh, when I in the night, like when I was around, I don't know, from the age of like seven to ten, probably had the hair, the hair and everything, the the the, the slick back and then parted in the middle. Yeah, underrated footballer. For you know, sure. he gets the he gets the gets the you know he's more of a celebrity these days, like a kind of a Hollywood figure or whatever. But like, you look back at old videos, he was a serious footballer as well. He certainly was. He seems to get better looking with age as well. I'm jealous of the yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I noticed on some of your social profiles that you've spent some time traveling to South America, lived in New York, you're a fan of hiking. So what's one thing that you're into that not a lot of people know about you? I'm obsessed with obscure places on the on the planet, like really obscure. 
like my ambition is like you know when most people want to go on holidays to dubai or spain or somewhere nice and sunny i just want to go to the most random uh, like random different place to get i love being culture shocked like I, I it's my favorite thing in the world so you know recently it's been a bit more difficult because i have two kids now like a newborn and yeah. but i still try and get away for like the, those mad adventures when i possibly can like i mean that the, the the last one i went i did uh i did the trans-siberian railway alone well wow. a couple of years ago and it's probably most people's idea of hell to be on a train with nobody that speaks English in the middle of Russia, eating crap food, you know, and sleeping on the train. But for me, I just, I just love putting myself in those really <laughs> like difficult circumstances for some reason. And just, I just love getting that pause of, of culture shock. So that, that's something I'm obsessed with. And like even looking at maps, I love like looking at Google maps or even when I was younger, I loved looking at atlases and then, you know, finding really fewer places on the, on, on the planet and reading about them. You know, like back arts of Russia type stuff, crazy places in Africa and Asia and places that most people don't really want to visit. I'm, I'm, I'm really have, obsessed have, with Have them. you got a place top of mind that like there's an itch that you want to scratch before you die kind of place you want to go to? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a group of islands, right? If you, on a, in Alaska, if you go as far west as you possibly can in Alaska, there's a group of islands that kind of run down towards Japan and it just looks like the most mental place in the world. I don't know how you'd get there somewhere around that that area between where russia and alaska nearly join pure wilderness you know and well that would be somewhere i'd love to see for sure there's a, place, there's a place smack bang in the middle of the atlantic ocean between ireland and america and it's owned by denmark it's called ponta delgado Seventeen thousand people live there and i've been desperate to go there ever since i went to madeira which is kind of like a small island off the coast of portugal i've been desperate yeah, to get to yeah. this place Ponta Delgado. So, how far down is that? It's between uh, Ponta Delgado or Madeira. Uh, no, Ponta Delgado. Yeah, it's a bit down. It's like if you were to go directly from North America to Europe, uh, it's kind of like center south. Okay, I'm zooming out here. I'm looking on the map. Oh yeah, I see it. It came up. You yeah, Jesus. you find it. Yeah, yeah I see it. Yeah, that's mad. Yeah, there's another one. I think it's called Saint George Island. But that's in the Atlantic Ocean, but it's much further down, like, you know, near Antarctica, yeah. the South Atlantic Ocean, between like South Africa and Argentina. That's another place where I'd love to go because you kind of can see the um, the glaciers of Antarctica and stuff. But yeah, all that stuff that I think that that's like my real passion in life is to kind of see as many of those places as I can. You know, actually, you did say something on a previous podcast and it was around your measure of success is not money, it's time. And now would probably be a good time to bring it up. What, what can you explain to me what you mean by that? I, I've kind of, I've always, I kind of learned as I got older to va I value experiences more than I do things. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I very, very rarely buy stuff. Like, I feel like I don't really need much stuff. Like, I have, like, you know, you have a nice laptop, you have somewhere nice to live, like a nice enough car. Like, I don't need to be buying, you know, really expensive. Not that I have the money to do that anyway, but like when I grow older, um, I have no real desire to own a lot of material things and, you know, expensive clothes or anything like that. So, I mean, for me, it, the, the value of running your own business that you could potentially make money from or whatever would be more so the freedom that it gives you. Um, and that's my ambition, you know, working towards a place where you can almost, you, you have a lot of freedom, you know, being able to spend time with ki my kids and stuff and not be working all the time. And that would be, that, that's kind of something I value a lot more than making, making a ton of money. 
I like that and I respect that massively. Uh, let's skip a couple of chapters. You spent some time working at companies like Giraffe, Company of Huskies, Bars in America. Uh, you did campaigns for Three Mobile, Meteor. I don't even know if that still exists. Miller, uh, Draft. Yeah. What did those roles teach you before you moved into finding your own thing? What like top lessons learned kind of thing? A lot of that stuff was kind of like, you know, um, teenage stuff in the early 20s where you're just looking for a few bob I suppose but um I, I I had I think by started doing business studies when I in fourth year in school and I think I, I really kind of started to have a passion for 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 business and entrepreneur entrepreneurship then and I was always then I started to get really interested in marketing ads and creative marketing that was something I got really interested in you know the, the, the psychology of ads and um, then digital marketing came along and I kind of pursued that that career, you know, and that's that that was that that was that's uh, I kind of followed that path. Then there were always internet related jobs, mostly after I left college. I did an internship for a marketing agency in New York, and I just love that, you know, like you have a product and just thinking about really inventive ways to sell the product, how to really kind of connect with the potential customer, and by doing like interesting stuff, and and that that's kind of um, informed, like kind of shaped the rest of my career, I suppose. Because I worked for in yeah. the company of Huskies, which is a digital marketing agency in Dublin. And, and they're very like that, you know, it's like, it's uh, it's very creative. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's the kind of career choice that I chose. You've spoken about other ideas uh, in the past. One of them that I, that I would reference here is organic baby food, but you did start the Blue Light Glasses Company. What prompted you to start your own business? So when I started working for in the company of Huskies, and I, and I loved it and I was, I was good at it, and I, kinda, I always had that inner feeling. It's like, well, I can do this for, client, for, for clients. Why, if I can apply the skills that I'm learning here to my own thing, you know, that would really that would really be a wise use of these these skills that I've learned. So as you said there, you know, when, when my first order was born then when uh, in 2015, it wasn't baby food, it was baby clothes um, because there wasn't really something on the internet. And then, you know, I could use my SEO skills to see that there was a search demand. So that was something that we didn't end up pursuing it, but that, you know, you just kind of, that, that plants the seed and then you're always looking around, you kind of think of what the, what the idea could be. And eventually we did land on the, on the blue light glasses. Okay. Have you got any mentors or current books slash podcast that you're listening to? It's very cliche to say, but I, I, I just listen to a lot of Joe Rogan, to be honest. Yeah, um, that's, yes. that's what I listen to all the time. I've nothing too interesting on that, on that part. Like I love listening to business podcasts, like series, like the dropout, like, you know, the one about Elizabeth Holmes, the Theranos founder, all those kind of like serial podcasts series is about business and then a lot of stuff like this like you know interviews with entrepreneurs and stuff and um, but yeah. no 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 one particular mentor sticks out to me actually okay i do try to find one moment where my guest has had to pivot or been challenged in the early days of their business the moment that i've picked out for you is uh, love and dublin published an article uh, you got a lot of traffic to your site and you had this issue where you needed to think on your feet of how you're going to tackle this problem because there were so many orders coming in you mentioned that you installed some spotify or shopify software can you talk me through how you dealt with the the level of traffic so you didn't lose any potential customers yeah with the at the start there that was um so um 
the, 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 like obviously I'd never had an, an online business before or one particularly that was getting orders uh, so we put the site live and as you said Love in Dublin wrote about it uh, and then there was um, I think it was Rosanna Purcell as well really nicely put up a post with the glasses and obviously the stock was very very low minimal investment so we sold out fairly quickly after that um, and then you know panic stations like you know what am I going to do I have all this traffic and all these people come to the website and a little bit of hype I don't want to waste it so you know you kind of have to take risks in that situation I feel like a person who was less less averse to risk might have just shut down the website and just been like oh we'll miss miss that chance we'll we'll pause it we'll wait another six weeks and wait for more stock to come in and then we'll reopen the website and but you, you know that that wouldn't work for me because I'd be too scared of never gaining that momentum again so we kind of took the risk to install this like pre-order software on the website. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was a bit risky because there was always not a chance that you wouldn't be able to f- f- fulfill these orders. But I thought, you know, I had to prioritize taking in the money when it was there. And luckily that was what kind of got the business off its feet because we had this list of a few hundred, a few hundred orders that could fund the, the, that could fund their own production. Do you know what I mean? So like they pay and then you... You get the next manufacturing run done and that fulfills the orders and it's just been a snowball effect ever since then dan i've got i've got three more questions for you first one is i want you to imagine it's now the end of the decade so 2030 and you're looking back the question is what would you like to be looking back on what would i like to be looking back on i would like to be looking back on a successful acquisition of amber eyewear by a large eyewear conglomerate and whatever i do after that if that happens and i I would like to be doing pursuing some sort of passion of mine and with the freedom that that would give me i think that would be my measure of success to be honest and i know that you know maybe it's probably not the best thing to say that you you want to kind of um sell you sell your company within the next uh seven or eight years but um I think I definitely would, you know, like I, I didn't, I didn't have a, I, I love, I love Amber and I love the brand and I love the work and I love how successful it's been and I'm, I'm really happy for it, but I didn't grow up wanting to um, sell glasses, you know, so I, I probably would take the opportunity if it ever came along, especially when it's such a, such an industry that's very prone to being, to, to acquisitions and stuff, acquisitions of brands. So I'd be happy probably to step out at some point in the future. And, um, and that to me would be what success would be in, in 2030 looking back. Well, I, I hope that happens for you. There, there's a lot of others out there. I was on your Facebook page, your company Facebook page, and having been on it, now I'm getting riddled with ads for, I have the company here, barnerbrand.com. There's tons of yeah. them coming up on my yeah. end page. Yeah, there's a good there's a good few, but it's a really growing market. Like it exploded really at the start of lockdown. And you can look at that through like keyword search volumes. It's a product that really suited quarantine, you know, people spending a lot of time at screens. And I know that like there definitely is a lot of competitors now, but um there's not there's not there's not loads, you know, there's not there's not loads of good ones. Barner would probably be they're they're a good one based in Spain. There's like one there's a couple in the US that are pretty good. Uh domestically there's there's no they're not great you know they're i have a have a real real gripe with um drop shipping i think it's a really dishonest business and i I hate brands that are just drop shipping absolute tat from aliexpress there's a lot of them and you probably get hit with ads for a lot of them as well yeah unfortunately a lot of people fall for it and people who aren't as familiar with e-commerce 
can't tell the difference between a, a product that is designed and made by the brand itself, by the company itself, or and they can't tell the difference between that and someone who literally just slaps a logo on a website and drop ships straight from AliExpress at a 2000% markup. So most of the competitors actually fall into that latter category. And, but there is a few, there's a few good ones in fairness. And then like, you know, you have Ace and Tate who are the big Dutch uh, optical chain, really cool brand. They have a shop in Dublin and they've kind of started to sell the glasses at a, at a quite a, a higher price, but um, you know, we'd be, I, I'd like to think we'd be competing with them. So yeah, there is a few competitors in the space, but like we've been doing well and um, we're only getting busier. So you mentioned competitor. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it. You've men- mentioned competition in Spain, US, uh, Netherlands. I'm assuming based off the fact that you had a deal with the National Chinese Airline to stock your glasses just before COVID hit, that you have uh, goals to go international and potentially conquer markets like America. Yeah, strangely enough, um, we were doing a lot more vo- uh, volume um, outside of Ireland about a, about, a, oh, about a year ago. Like, Actually, sales were probably about 50-50 domestically and internationally, which is really good ratio. But, but lately, I don't know whether that's more competitors have entered the space internationally. A few of the big boys in the States have started selling this type of glasses, so it's probably a lot of competition over there. And domestically, we've grown hugely, but the ratio between domestic and international sales has fallen a lot. And so like the vast majority of our sales are in Ireland, definitely accessing other markets, particularly the UK and the rest of Europe is top of my priority list for this year. I just got to figure out, figure out how to do that. Possibly, you know, we have that deal with Brown Thomas. We're stocked in Brown Thomas, which is an arm of Selfridges. So, you know, when once retail gets back on its feet, I'd love to pursue kind of, you know, more um, stockists rather than direct to consumer. But there, there's a lot of things that we can do, you know, I'm working on, um, translating the site into a few different languages, European languages, to make it discoverable on the internet to people searching through Google and stuff. So that that will hopefully bring some 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 uh, new customers from different markets. But yeah, definitely like the big priority is to really up the international sales. I'm looking to my right-hand side. I have this thing called a cookbook, not a recipe book, but it's a list of things that I've got to do daily to kind of keep my pipeline healthy so that my business continues to grow. You've mentioned Brown Thomas, uh, and scaling the business have you got a list of things that you do to con- make sure your business continues to grow in mine it's you know i've got to make x number of referrals y number of dials uh, record z number of podcasts and i have that so that each day and week i look back and go did i achieve my goals this week did i take care of the controllables uh i i don't have a particular list but that is that is a good idea i've never actually kind of linked something like podcast appearances to sales to be honest um, but you are pro- you are probably right the more podcasts you would do obviously there's more there's more reach there and um, but i do i you know what i have is um i i work in a way where i set kind of six month targets i want to i want to uh, big projects you know like a big a, a big uh, a big objective like something hard to achieve and i'd set six months six month goal on that and then mentally, I, I try and work through all the little baby steps that will get me to that point. For example, it doesn't have to be six months, maybe three months. So, you know, like th- three months ago, I kind of decided that I wanted to produce like a TV ad and a lot of supplementary digital ads that came from that, like a really kind of high budget ad relating to the situation we found ourselves in for the last two years, COVID related or a year. And um, I don't want to speak too much on it because it's not out. But um, so, you know, we've 
three months ago I started writing a script and you know um, getting help from an agency and working towards this and that's kind of been my main goal for the last three months is to get this like really great ad out into the world and great content great supplementary content around the ad and um, so we're filming that this week you know and and it's it's really exciting to kind of finally see those big ideas that you had and have been working towards come to fruition come to fruition you know so when that's done you know I'll have another another goal in mind for the following three months which i'll dedicate my my time to and um, whether that you know we're looking at doing a small little rebranding just updating the the branding a little bit so that might take up my time for the next three months so hopefully then in uh well what will it be like the end of june start of july that will be done you know and i think it's these it's these kind of like big tasks that you set, that you set your mind to and then you take little baby steps every day to achieve those i think that that's how i've worked so far and it seems to be working well so i'll kind of continue on that way writing a list of things like that is probably good i don't really write things down that much which is probably a, a symptom of having two children as well um it's all kept up in the up in the old head you're, you're, <laughs> which isn't great you sound like a busy man um final question for you dad i want you to imagine your house is burning down your everyone in your family is safe they're fine but if you could save one item and one item only from your house what would that be and um, my new Sage coffee machine. Nice. It's, it's like my third child. It's uh, my, my best purchase of the last of it ever, I'd say. It's the Sage Barista Express. So it's just like going to a coffee shop. You have the little, dead, what's it called? Tamper and everything like that, like proper yeah, expression yeah. Espresso machine. So that's getting serious use since I bought it. Uh, it's my pride and joy. So that Big coffee no for myself. Yeah, yeah, and I have yeah. one of them. No, I don't have the Sage machine, but I have a machine that I make coffee with every morning, and yeah, I'd be lost without it as well. Yeah, <laughs> I should have said. Yeah, probably should have said something there, uh, something else. But no, I think I think that's my favorite possession. I just moved into a new into a new house here, and so nice. uh, that was the best addition, I think. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for being my guest today. I wish you nothing but the continued success. I hope your TV advert hits all the goals you wanted to hit, and best of luck in the future. Yeah, thanks a million, Ryan. Cheers. Thanks no for having worries. me.